I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 205 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest lined up for you guys today on this Warrior Wednesday. United States Marine Corps veteran and actor Michael Broderick, who currently stars in HBO's hit series True Detective, will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to make a switch from HBO over to the History Channel. And the star of Toymakers, David Ankin, will be here with me. So be sure you lock it in for that. David is known for his amazing ability and skill to build exotic cars from the ground up. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And Friday, of course, we're going to finish off the week with a Frogman Friday with former Navy SEAL Dan Luna. I'm still putting together the lineup for next week, but I can tell you right now, I'm going to be hitting you guys with another five banger. I have a very special guest joining me for Memorial Day, so follow me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for that announcement. One dad I can tell you about right now that you're going to hear from next week is going to be BMX Phenomenon and Hollywood stuntman Mike Escamilla, who has performed stunts in big-time movies such as Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and many others, so he'll be joining me here next week. If you guys missed out on last week's action, I highly recommend you take a second to go back and listen to some of the episodes from last week. I'm receiving tremendous feedback from all of the episodes, especially from episode 200 with Dakota Meyer. Dakota posted up some video clips from his end of the interview on his Instagram feed, which has brought a lot of new listeners to the show here. Also, my interview with platinum-selling recording artist Mark McGrath is really making a ton of noise out there. So I am very thankful for all of you listeners out there. Thank you for your comments, your kind words. Don't forget to hit me up with a voice message if you're interested in saying something maybe to your father on the show here maybe wish him a happy birthday we got father's day coming up here hit the link in the description of today's podcast episode and shoot me a voice message that i will be glad to share right here on the podcast and please be sure you are sharing this podcast with every father in your neighborhood and in your contact list let them know about the podcast that is celebrating fatherhood and family life fatherhood rocks Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with actor Michael Broderick. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is an actor who has been in hit TV shows such as SWAT, SEAL Team, NCIS Los Angeles. He has been featured in films such as Get Shorty. He is currently starring in HBO's True Detective. He is also a Marine Corps veteran. It is a big honor for me to say, Michael Broderick, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me, Alec. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I just have one boy. He's 16 years old. All right, awesome. What type of uh, sports or activities is he into? Uh, doesn't do sports, but uh, he loves, actually, he loves music and loves uh, cutting uh, videos and stuff like that. He has his own YouTube channel and uh, gets into that. Now he uh, edits most of his own videos and things like that. So, uh, yeah, man, he's more into the kind of tech and uh, creative side. Very cool. Okay, Michael, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, well, my name is Michael Broderick. I'm an actor and um, a veteran of the Marine Corps, uh, and uh, I'm an autism dad. My son, uh, who's 16, is autistic. 
Um, been married 19 years, coming up uh, next week uh, to a beautiful woman who's just my everything, my partner. And, um, yeah, I got a pretty pretty good life. <laughs> Can't complain, man. Good stuff. Yeah, and thank you for your service. When did you guys first find out that your son was autistic, and what were some of the challenges of that early on? Um, well, he was diagnosed when he was about uh, almost two, I'd say. Uh, we moved uh, to Los Angeles from New York City when he was 18 months old, and um, we knew something was different about him. You know, he wasn't speaking, although he showed other signs of uh, pretty high intelligence. And um, so we were wondering what was up, and, and uh, one day my, my wife called me. I was in acting class, and she called me and said, uh, you know, I think Michelangelo is autistic. And I said, okay, step away from the computer. You know, because <laughs> you go you go crazy on Google and, and things are, things pop up. But uh, you know, sure enough, we we went and uh, got a, a full battery of tests and everything. And yeah, he was he was diagnosed autistic. Uh, he wasn't verbal for a long time, and then uh, you know we started some um, uh, therapy and stuff like that. And, and now he, you know, I mean. As my father-in-law says, now you can't cut, you can't shut the kid up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, actually the diagnosis when it came was was uh, was a relief for us because uh, we didn't know um, we didn't know why he wasn't speaking. We didn't know uh, what was up. So to to realize that oh okay, it's it's autism. We we didn't really know what that was at the time, but it's like okay, this is this is something that exists. This is something that people. Uh, live with and live their best lives with. So, uh, you know, we never saw it as a, uh, like a, a sickness or a disease or something like that. It's just, uh, it's just, you know, we came to understand it's, it's a neurological diversity. It's just his brain is just wired differently. Um, and, uh, so we kind of, uh, we reached out to autistic adults, people that, um, grew up, you know, living autistic. And so, um, you know, we got some great insights from, from some autistic adults and, and, uh, and it really helped us on our journey and, and understanding our, our son a little better. And, uh, yeah, I think it's made us both just absolutely better parents than we otherwise would be, you know? Yeah, very well said, Michael. And I think that's true of many of us. I mean, we hear the word autism often. We know about Autism Awareness Month. But unless we're smacked in the face with these things, we really don't investigate them to find out the whole scope of really what autism is all about. Uh, One of the most common things that I do hear about autism is its correlation to vaccinations. Now, is that something that you guys were concerned with? Did you look into that? And is there anything to it about vaccinations and autism? No, there's there's very little little evidence that that is... uh that those two things are linked. Um, actually, I think the, we have, we, when we started hearing things like that, uh, we started looking into it more and, uh, my wife was really kind of, she really dove into that and, and just was not satisfied at all with these claims. And as a matter of fact, we started a, uh, a website called rethinking autism at the time to combat some of that, uh, misinformation and and, uh, pseudoscience that was getting out there. 
Yeah, and Michael, I have to be honest here. I mean, I have four children myself, and it is alarming when you hear all these reports that are out there, especially while you're in the process of getting your kids vaccinated. And I have to admit, sometimes I think they do too many vaccines at once, in my opinion. And I've asked them to spread them out uh, at certain times there just because I don't know. And it's probably just in my head from all the reports that I've heard. So, I mean, it is concerning. Absolutely. And, you know, look, I'm not going to say that, that, you know, I just don't have the knowledge base to say whether or not things are, uh, you know, they give too many at once. And I'm sure there's arguments to be made that, that maybe they could do it in a better way. I, I you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to die on that hill for sure. But uh, I think it's been pretty much proven quite, quite well that there's no link between vaccines and autism. So everybody can rest easy on that, get the kids vaccinated and uh, let's all avoid the next smallpox or measles outbreak. <laughs> yeah, right on. All right. What are some of the challenges, Michael, of being a working actor while being a father? Uh, interesting question. Um, I actually almost stopped working uh, for a while because um, we moved out here and, and uh, I was studying, you know, uh, I started, I started my voiceover career in back in New York. Uh, and I came out in '04. I came out to L.A. to to, to pursue film and television. And uh, you know, coming out to a new city where people don't know your work necessarily, it was it was difficult. I was able to get a you know get a good agent and everything like that with uh, for voiceover, but getting involved with film and television was slow going. Well, I finally started to get a little work. Uh, my first gig was on 24, and, uh, and I did one or two other things, and then. Um, Mike and my wife went back to work and Michelangelo was in school with my son, Michelangelo, we call him Micro. Anyway, my son was, was back in school and, uh, my day ended at two thirty pretty much every day just cause I was, a, you know, I was the dad, I was the, the caretaker. And, uh, so getting auditions when you're just starting out in this, in this, uh, business is, is, you know, it's. It can be rare, and then when those opportunities come come along, you know they don't want to hear that you can't be there at four thirty, you know, because you got to be with your kid. You're you're nobody. There's six thousand people trying to get into that room to audition, and you're going to say, "Can I have a time change?" <laughs> you know, uh, so that made it difficult sometimes, you know, to to uh, to work around uh, the the studio schedule or the network schedule, and so uh, it got to the point where. Too many times I was just my my head wasn't in the room, you know. My head wasn't in, you know, doing the work. My head was like, okay, if there's no traffic, I can get there by you know three o'clock to pick them up. Um, and so I said, you know what, I can do. I'm doing well enough in voiceover where I can dictate the time if somebody wants wants me to work for them. Uh, I'll just do that. I'll just do voiceover like I was in New York, and um, you know, and just spend the rest of my time as a dad. Uh, and then about two years later, my in-laws, uh, my, my wife's folks, moved uh, moved down to Los Angeles to to help out, and that was a huge, huge help. All of a sudden, I could start working again. If, if somebody at, at uh, Warner Brothers is like, "We'd like to see Michael at four o'clock," then uh, you know my my in-laws are like, "We got it. We'll pick him up from school. Don't worry about it. Go take care of business." And then I got a you know got a manager again and started and started working again. My first job coming back was on Justified, and. Um, and I've been working ever since. That's awesome, Michael. Now, does your son watch any of the TV shows or the movies that you've been in? And does being a dad have any influence on which particular roles you'll choose to play? All right, it's time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Michael Broderick. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. 
Let's go, dads. You heard me speaking recently about my daddy-daughter date to see Frozen on Broadway, and it was a night to remember. I bought my tickets on SeatGeek.com and used my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and I saved $20 off my tickets, which I used to buy my daughter a souvenir at the show. Right now, baseball season is in full swing. Both NHL and NBA playoffs are heating up. And if you plan on bringing your kids to any live event, go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in my promo code FIRSTCLASS. One word, FIRSTCLASS. And FIRSTCLASS Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets. It's a slam dunk deal, guys. Go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. your son watch any of the tv shows or the movies that you've been in and does being a dad have any influence on which particular roles you'll choose to play uh well it's still you know i even though i've had some success i still don't uh really pick and choose what kind of roles i want to go for if you'll give me an audition i'll come in and read for it (laughs) so uh so you know uh i'm always chasing the work no matter what it is uh, but my son has seen me on TV. He thinks it's kind of cool. I think he thinks, uh, not sure he quite understands it, but he's, we've, we've been fortunate to have friends that are, that have been pretty successful in, uh, you know, film, like, I mean, you know, above my pay grade in film and television, folks that have had their own TV shows or starred in movies and, and they come to the house. So it's like, he's, he just, he's, I don't know if he really has the same experience that other kids do because he sees these people in our house. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then he sees them on TV or in a movie. And when he sees me, the same thing. It's not a big deal. It's just like that's, these are the people that he knows. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a different experience, I think, for him. But he he understands that, you know, I go and I I pretend to be somebody else, you know. Uh, he understands, like, um, you know, if I get shot in the face, I'm not actually getting shot in the face. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I would so, hope so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even at a young age, I think he, he pretty well understood the, the line between uh, fantasy and reality, so. Okay, very cool. And we are seeing a little bit of an upswing here as far as military veterans getting involved with the Hollywood scene. I've had a few here on the podcast, such as uh, Vincent Rocco Vargas, J.W. Cortez, just to name a few. Uh, Are you seeing this as well out there? Do do you see more veterans getting involved with the film industry? Absolutely. Um, I was uh, I'm actually proud to have been a very early member of uh, Veterans of Media and Entertainment. At the time, it was uh, called VFT, Veterans in Film and Television. Um, but it's now VME, and uh, I mean, in the very beginning, it was put together by by an Army veteran and a, and a Marine Corps veteran who just wanted to get uh, other veterans that were in the industry or, or aspiring to be in the, in the industry together to network. And uh, yeah, I was one of the first dozen people sitting around a table, uh, you know, talking about that. And um, now I think there's over 3,000 members all over all over the country. We got Atlanta, New York. Chicago, uh, I think there's a DC chapter, uh, and certainly the, the, you know, the biggest ones here in Los Angeles, but it's all military veterans, not just actors, you know, writers, directors, uh, sound technicians, grips, makeup artists. If there's a job in the industry, uh, that, you know, people do and they're a veteran, you know, hopefully, or, you know, many of them are, are in the group. And, um, it's, uh, been a powerful force, I think, in, in this town. Uh, not only because the, the quality of the shows, I think, are getting better because of it, but for people who didn't necessarily run with veterans 
they're now working alongside them uh, in in these productions, and I think it's altering the way that that uh, people understand the military experience. And I think some of the shows are starting to reflect that now. You know, it always used to be just you know either the 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 veteran was a superhero or he's you know, I'm sorry the military member or veteran was like a superhero or he's like you know suicidal and struggling with PTSD and and you know we're all somewhere in the middle there you know um so i think more and more that's being portrayed re- realistically and i think it's directly due to the influx of uh of military veterans into hollywood yeah, definitely. And I'm very fortunate, Michael, to have had so many Navy SEALs on the podcast. I mean, I have practically one on every single Friday here. And uh, I just think the whole SEAL community is a big benefit to our entire society. And we do have so many combat veterans now who are returning home. They have so much experience, a ton of knowledge. And I think it's great to see them making an impact out there in Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. I see you've, uh, you know, checking out some of your podcasts. You've had a lot of my friends uh, on there, Dom Rosso and Craig Sawyer and Vinny, of course. Vinny, you know, that's one of the things I love to uh, to uh, expose my son to. You know, he's met Craig many times. Uh, uh, he's yet to meet Dom, but he knows of Dom Rosso. And Vinny was just at the house for dinner the other night, and it's it's these are these are really fine people, you know. And to um, two of my best friends are, are seals. A guy by the name of Joel Lambert, and another guy by the name of Jeff Reeves, and and they've really helped my son kind of. Uh, live outside his comfort zone, you know, things that uh, might otherwise give him anxiety or things like that. Uh, he sees the things that they do or have done, and, and, and he really, uh, you know, he, he feels comfortable in challenging himself. So I'm always grateful to the to the guys that I, I surround myself with that, uh, that serve as an inspiration to my boy. Yeah, very well said. And one thing that I usually ask dads on the show here, Michael, is about their discipline styles. Now, your son having autism, does that create a challenge for you as far as discipline goes? Or how do you handle it? Well, you know, I'm a little looser than I probably would have otherwise been. I definitely have more patience. Uh, I grew up in a in a pretty uh, strict household. Well, maybe not strict, but but my dad was definitely, uh, you know, he could he could drop the hammer, you know. Um, and I figured growing up, you know, growing up thinking when I was a dad, that's probably the way I was going to be. But it's 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 not it's not how it's turned out. I'm much more patient now. However, my son understands, you know, that I have expectations and and he needs to uh, to carry them out. Now, obviously, I I I'm a little more relaxed with him with with discipline only because uh, you know he's in school all day. And he kind of has to, you know, school and, and he's, he's in a regular school. He's in like a general ed school with, with other, you know, typical kids. And he's kind of got to, he's got to play that, you know, neurotypical game all day. And when he gets home, man, you know, I just kind of, I'm like, dude, just go cut loose for a little while if you want, you know. So, uh, you know, I kind of let him do his own thing at home. Um, but like I said, he knows, he knows what my expectations are as far as, uh, you know, as far as being courteous, uh, you know, manners and things like that. Uh, but otherwise I kind of, you know, let him do his thing. Good stuff. And I know you said he does a lot of editing and cutting YouTube videos. How do you handle or kind of monitor the technology with him? Is he, is he on social media and all that as well? He has some social media accounts. My wife, uh, you know, also has them linked on her phone so she can keep up with that. Uh, and he, you know, he is, um, 
he's like I said, he's 16. You know, he's interested in girls and all kinds of things. So it's it's uh, you know, uh, she could probably speak better to, to that. So if you ever have a show, uh, first class mothers, <laughs> you should have her on. But uh, yeah, she she kind of handles the uh, the online stuff for me. Okay, very cool. All right, what type of uh, projects or films are you working on right now? You got anything coming out soon that we could be looking forward to? Well, uh, I'm working on a an, an, uh, new independent film. I'm starting shooting next week. That's what I'm working on currently. But as far as what you can see right now, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in season three, this latest season of True Detective, which is still on HBO with uh, Mahershal Ali and, and Stephen Dorff. I play uh, Special Agent John Bowen, FBI agent that comes down to work with the two local cops on, on, the, uh, on the case. And I'm uh, in four episodes of that. It's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, so uh, if you haven't seen the, the latest season of True Detective, I encourage folks to check it out. Awesome. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Michael. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I would say, uh, you know what, I used to say this just for, for parents of autistic kids, but I think it, it, it's relevant for all parents to be willing to be willing to meet your kid halfway when it comes to uh, doing things that are new or challenging or things that are outside their typical comfort zone. Um, I've found that uh, that keeping my son just a little uncomfortable with, with new experiences has paid huge dividends for us because uh, the relationship we have allows him to kind of step outside that comfort zone and push a little further, you know. And the better your relationship with your kid, I've found uh, in my experience that that they want to, they want to please you, they want to make you proud. And so, um, yeah, I would say if you're a new dad, just uh, set your ex- expectations within within your child's reach and just help them attain that. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say thank you for your service. Michael Broderick, you're a first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, thanks for having me, man. I hope to to shake your hand sometime soon because I love that Jersey accent, baby. You know, that's where I'm from. (laughs) I hope we can make that happen, either out there or here in Jersey. All right, I'll be right back with a couple of closing thoughts. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Michael Broderick for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. Such an honor to always have our military veterans here on the show. Got another one coming at you this week on Friday. Former Navy SEAL Dan Luna will be here for a Frogman Friday. Tomorrow on the show, we got History Channel's Toy Makers star David Antkin going to be joining me here. You don't want to miss out on that. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Sometimes